Thomas Watson, the Christian on the Mount. Concerning occasional meditations, having removed these two objections out of the way, let me again revive the exhortation to meditate in God's law day and night. And there are two sorts of meditation which I would persuade to. Number one, occasional, and number two, deliberate. Number one, occasional meditations, such as are taken up on any sudden occasion. There is nothing almost which occurs, but we may presently raise some meditation upon. As a good herbalist extracts the spirits and quintessence out of the herb, so a Christian may extract matter of meditation from every occurrence. A gracious heart, like fire, turns all objects into fuel for meditation. I shall give you some instances. When you look up to the heavens and see them richly embroidered with light, you may raise this meditation. If the footstool is so glorious, what is the throne where God himself sits? When you see the skies bespangled with stars, think what is Christ, the bright morning star. Monica, Augustine's mother, standing one day and seeing the sunshine, raised this meditation. Oh, if the sun is so bright, what is the light of God's presence? When you hear music which delights the senses, presently raise this meditation. What music like a good conscience? This is the bird of paradise within, whose chirping melody does enchant and ravish the soul with joy. He who has this music all day may take David's pillow at night and say with that sweet singer, I will lay me down in peace and sleep. Psalm chapter 4 verse 8. How blessed is he who can find heaven in his own bosom. When you're dressing yourself in the morning, awaken your meditation. Think thus, but have I been dressing the hidden man of the heart? Have I looked at my heart in the glass of God's word? I have put on my clothes, but have I put on Christ? It is reported of Pambo that seeing a gentlewoman dressing herself all the morning by her glass, he fell a-weeping. Oh, says he, this woman has spent the morning in dressing her body, and I sometimes spend scarcely an hour in dressing my soul. When you sit down to dinner, let your meditation feed upon this first course. How blessed are those who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. What a royal feast will be that which God prepares. What a love feast will be that where none shall be admitted but friends. When you go to bed at night, imagine thus. Shortly I shall put off the earthly clothes of my body and make my bed in the grave. When you see the judge going to court and hear the trumpet blow, think with yourselves, as Hiram did, that you are still hearing that shrill trumpet sounding in your ears. Arise, you dead, and come to judgment. When you see a poor man going on the streets, raise this meditation. Here is a walking picture of Christ. He had no place to lay his head. Matthew 8.10 My Savior became poor, that I through his poverty might be made rich. When you go to church, think thus, I am now going to hear God speak. Let me not stop my ear. If I refuse to hear him speaking in his word, I shall next hear him speaking in his wrath. Psalm chapter 2 verse 5 When you walk abroad in your orchard, and see the plants bearing and the herbs nourishing, think how pleasing a sight it is to God to see a thriving Christian. How beautiful are the trees of righteousness when they are hung full of fruit, when they abound in faith, humility, knowledge. When you pluck a rosebud in your gardens, raise this contemplation. 
How lovely are the early buddings of grace. God prizes a Christian in the bud. He likes the blooming of youth rather than the shedding of the old age. When you eat a grape from the tree, think of Christ, the true vine. How precious is the blood of that grape. Such rare clusters grow there that the angels themselves delight to taste of. It is said of Augustine, he was much in these extempore meditations. A gracious heart, like the philosopher's magic stone, turns all into gold. He has heavenly meditations from earthly occurrences. The skilled chemist, when several metals are mingled together, can by his skill extract the gold and silver from a baser metals. Just so, a Christian, by divine chemistry, can extract golden meditations from the various earthly objects he beholds. Indeed, it argues a spiritual heart to turn everything to a spiritual use. And we have Christ's own example for these occasional meditations. John 4, 7-14 While he sat on Jacob's well, he presently meditates on that and breaks forth into a most excellent discourse concerning the water of life. So much for occasional meditations. Number two, be exhorted to deliberate meditations, which are the chief. Set some time apart every day that you may in a serious and solemn manner converse with God in the mount. A godly man is a man set apart. Psalm chapter four, verse three. As God sets him apart by election, so he sets him apart by meditation. The fittest time for meditation. Question number one. What is the fittest time for meditation? Answer. For the timing of it, it is rather hard to prescribe because of men's various callings and employments. But if I may speak freely my thoughts, the morning is the fittest time for meditation. The best time to converse with God is when we may be most in private, that is, before worldly concerns stand knocking as so many suitors at the door to be let in. The morning is, as it were, the cream of the day. Let the cream be taken off and let God have it. In the distilling of strong water, the first water that is drawn from the steel is more full of spirits. The second drawing is weaker. So the first meditations that are stilled from the mind in the morning are the best, and we shall find them to be the most full of life and spirits. The morning is the golden hour. God loved the first fruits. Exodus chapter 23, verse 19. The first of the first fruits you shall bring into the house of the Lord. Let God have the first fruits of the day. The first of our thoughts must be reserved for heaven. The student takes the morning for his study. The usurer gets up in the morning and looks over his books of account. A Christian must begin with God in the morning. David was with God before the break of day. Psalm one nineteen one forty seven. I rise before dawn and cry out for help. I put my hope in your word. Question number two. But why the morning for meditation? Answer. Because in the morning the mind is fittest for holy duties. A Christian is most himself then. What weary devotion will there be at night when a man is even tired out with the business of the day? He will be fitter to sleep than to meditate. The morning is the queen of the day. Then the imagination is quickest, the memory strongest, the spirits freshest, the body most refreshed, having restored its strength by sleep. It is a sure rule. Then is the best time to serve God, when we find ourselves most in tune. In the morning, the heart is like a violin, strong and put in tune. Then it makes the sweetest melody.
Number two, the morning thoughts stay longest with us the whole day afterwards. The wool takes the first dye best and is not easily worn out. When the mind receives the impression of good thoughts in the morning, it holds this sacred dye the better. And like an ingrained color, it will not easily be lost. The heart keeps the relish of morning meditations as a cup receives a tincture and savor of the wine which is first put into it, or as linen in a cedar chest, which keeps the scent a great while after. Perfume your mind with heavenly thoughts in the morning, and it will not lose its spiritual fragrancy. Wind up your heart towards heaven in the beginning of the day, and it will go the better all the day afterwards. It is with receiving thoughts into the mind as it is with receiving guests into the inn. The first guests which come will get the best rooms in the house. If others come afterwards, they get the worst rooms. Just so, when the mind entertains holy meditations for its morning guest, if afterwards earthly thoughts come, they are put into some of the worst rooms. They lodge lowest in the affections. The best rooms are taken up in the morning for Christ. He who loses his heart in the morning in the world will hardly find it again all the day after. Number three, it is a part of that solemn respect and honor we give to God to let him have the first thoughts of the day. We give people of quality the best treatment. We let them take the first place. If we honor God, whose name is reverend and holy, we will let the thoughts of God take first place. When the world has the first of our thoughts, it is a sign the world lies uppermost. We love it most. The first thing a covetous man meditates on in the morning is his money, a sign his gold lies nearest to his heart. O Christians, let God have your morning meditations. He takes it in disdain to have the world served before him. Suppose a king and a criminal were to dine in the same room and to sit at two tables. If the criminal would have his food brought up and to be served first, the king might take it in high disdain and look upon it as contempt done to his person. When the world is served first, all our morning thoughts attending it, and the Lord shall be put off with the dregs of the day. When our thoughts begin to run low, is not this a contempt done to the God of glory? Number four, equity requires it. God deserves the first of our thoughts. Some of his first thoughts were upon us. We had a being in his thoughts. Before we had a being, he thought upon us. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. Before the foundations of the world, before we fell, he was thinking how to raise us. We had the morning of his thoughts. Oh, what thoughts of free grace, what thoughts of peace has he had towards us. We have taken up his thoughts from eternity. If we have some of God's first thoughts, well may he have our first thoughts. Number five. This is to imitate the pattern of the saints. Job rose early in the morning and offered sacrifice. Job chapter 1 verse 5. David, when he awaked, was with God. Psalm chapter 139 verse 17. And indeed, this is the way to have a morning blessing. Quote, in the morning the dew fell. Exodus chapter 16 verse 13. The dew of the blessing falls early. Now we are likeliest to have God's company. If you would meet with your friend, you go early in the morning before he has gone out. We read that the Holy Spirit came down upon the apostles in Acts chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, and it was in the morning. As may be gathered from Peter's sermon, verse 15, 
It was but the third hour of the day. The morning is the time for fruitfulness. In the morning shall you make your seed to flourish. Isaiah chapter 17, verse 11. By morning meditation, we make the seed of grace to flourish. I would not by this wholly exclude evening meditation. Isaac went out to meditate in the eventide. Genesis chapter 24, verse 63. When business is over and everything calm, it is good to take a turn with God in the evening. God had his evening sacrifice as well as his morning. Exodus 29:39. As the cream at the top is sweet, so is the sugar at the bottom. In two cases, the evening meditation does well. Number one, in case such as has been the urgency of business, that you have had time only for reading and prayer, then recompense the lack of the morning meditation with evening meditation. And number two, in the case you find yourself more inclinable to good thoughts in the evening, for sometimes there is a greater impetus upon the heart, a greater aptitude and tunableness of mind. Dare not neglect meditation at such a time. Who knows, but it may be a quenching of the spirit. Do not drive this blessing dove from the ark of your soul. In these cases, evening meditation is seasonable. But I say, if I may cast in my verdict, the morning is to be preferred, as the flower of the sun opens in the morning to take in the sweet beams of the sun. So open your soul in the morning to take in the sweet thoughts of God. So much for the timing of meditation. How long Christians should meditate? Question number two. But how long should I meditate? Answer. If we consider how long the world has, it is fit that we give God at least one half hour every day. I shall only say this for a general rule. Meditate so long until you find your heart grow warm in this duty. If a man is cold, you ask how long he should stand by the fire? Surely until he is thoroughly warmed and made fit for his work. So, Christian, your heart is cold. Never a day. No, not the hottest day in the summer. But your heart freezes. Now, stand at the fire of meditation until you find your affections warmed and you are made fit for spiritual service. David mused until his heart waxed hot within him. Psalm 39, verse 3. I will conclude with this, that excellent saying of Bernard. Quote, Lord, I will never come away from you without you. Let this be a Christian's resolution, not to leave off his meditations of God until he finds something of God in him, some moving of his affections after God. Canticles chapter 5, verse 4. Some flamings of love. Canticles chapter 6, verse 8.